Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Claim Your Career Crown podcast. I am your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our wonderful guest, Salim Omar. Today, we're going to be talking about how to identify new profit opportunities and ways to save money. I am really excited about this, and I'm going to be taking notes. I want to tell you a little bit about Salim. He is the rare accountant who generates and guarantees success to his clients who follow his advice. And as one of the top CPAs in the country, he believes small businesses are the foundation of our economy. And truer words were never spoken. Salim has dedicated his practice to helping clients attain financial health and security through his services. With this in mind, he's been able to build one of the most successful and respected firms in the country with raving fans. Salim's education include a unique blend of two financially based accreditations. I'm not going to say that right, but that's okay. A (laughs) master's degree in accounting and as a certified public accountant. His professional background includes experience as a former chief financial officer and for the last 26 years as a small business owner. Salim is the author of the popular book, Straight Talk About Small Business Success in New Jersey, and his articles appear in publications around the country, including prestigious industry publications such as Accounting Today and the CPA Journal. His passion is to help small business owners succeed, and his personal personal business success makes him a much-in-demand speaker, panelist, writer, and advisor. We're so lucky to have you here to get today. Celine, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I am thrilled as well. And for those of you who are joining us for that very first time, hey, don't miss out on a single episode. So go ahead and subscribe to Claim Your Career Crown wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what we're doing and you love the show, please take that extra moment to give us a five-star review. All right. So, Salim, I'd love to get into the background of how you went from being a CFO into starting your own firm and really what inspired you uh, to build the business that you've built. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to get into that. But first, Lynn, I do want to mention how you and I got together and uh, I interviewed you for, I mean, you, I, you were interviewed on my show uh, recently. And uh, you shared so much insight. And I was telling you earlier that I was taking notes and I was sharing some of the strategies that you shared. And so there's a lot of value that you're bringing to the to small business owners. And I'm, I'm appreciative of that. You brought a lot of small, a lot of value to my, my audience recently when you shared so many gems and tips and strategies relating to sales and how to maximize sales and profits and so forth. So thank you first there. <laughs> Uh, my story, my origin story is I was born and raised in Kenya, East Africa. Uh, I came here at the age of 20 for higher education. So I went to school, bachelor's in finance in Texas, master's in accounting, as you said, and became a CPA. And I worked as a CFO in a small investment boutique firm located in New York City. And that was corporate America, and I was not enjoying corporate America. And I come from an entrepreneurial family, you know, back in Kenya, we owned a business. I was like, man, I want to start my own business. How difficult can it be? Wouldn't, and I want to be my own boss. 
And so I started my business and it's an accounting firm, a CPA firm, I practice and I was 31. And I tell you, Lynn, it was so challenging. Those first six or seven years were very, very challenging. It was far from what I thought it would be. I was working long and hard. I didn't have much to show for. I was having struggles with keeping employees at a revolving door with that. Like there was client fires and I was trying to put out and I was feeling very empty. Yeah. I said, man, this entrepreneur thing, it's not a dream. It is like, it's a monster. It's so difficult. And, you know, that thinking uh, led to an epiphany that I perhaps did not know how to create and run a successful business in America. And so I started studying successful entrepreneurs. What are they doing? What are they not doing? How are they doing it? I became fascinated with that. I'd read every book I could get my hands on with the little money I had. Uh, Barnes & Noble was my favorite bookstore. Uh, I would watch, you know, I would buy cassette tapes or videotapes. And then I started hiring some of the best coaches that are out there. And what that did is it transformed my own business, my own practice, where I was recognized by Accounting Today, the premier magazine. They had a full cover story on me. And, and then I started sharing my strategy with, strategies with other accountants because many were struggling. And I started sharing my strategies with small business owners uh, imparting the advice that had really worked so well for me. And I could see the transformation that started to happen in their business. And that was kind of the beginnings of creating a CPA firm called Straight Talk, which I still own after 26 years. That is very entrepreneurial. We work with businesses and we're helping them grow and we're giving them advice that helps them become more successful. All right. Well, that's brilliant. I am, I'm rubbing my hands together here so everybody can see who's watching uh, to get these wonderful nuggets of information and this advice that you work so hard to attain and then you implement it in your own business. And so as you work and do this with your clients, it sounds like you have a, a, a process that you go through. So we'd love to hear about that. Well, yeah, the process is, you know, every business or most business owners, they want to grow. They want to grow with their top line. They want to become more profitable. They want to become more cash flow fluid. They don't want their business to suck every uh, hour of the day. So they want to create a work-life balance. And so these are the things that I started hearing from business owners. That's what they were, you know, striving striving to do. And when I'm asked this question of Salim, what are opportunities to do this in terms of making more profit or creating a more successful business? I'm reminded by a book I'd read, Lynn, a number of years back. It was called Acres of Diamonds. Okay. It was by Russell Conwell. In a short, not a very tough, uh, big book, a fairly small book, perhaps 100 pages, if I remember. And this book was, uh, was, was created from a lecture that the author had presented some 6,000 times, uh, Russell Conwell, called The Acres of Diamond. And I think he then became the dean of Temple University. Um, so the theme of the lecture was that opportunity 
lurks in everyone's backyard. Don't ignore the opportunities hidden within your customer base, within your client base, within your patient base, depending on what industry uh, the listener is in. And that I've seen as one of the biggest opportunities in any business that's already in business is there's opportunities within your own customer base. So looking inwards, you know, there's opportunities in bringing new customers and new clients and you know, so forth. But there's a lot of opportunity that I've seen in businesses right within in their backyard, right? Acres yeah. of diamonds. And that oh, those opportunities can be in the form of cross-selling, uh, identifying the people that want more from you as a business and are willing to pay for that higher value, referrals, and, and so forth. And so I see that is like one critical area that's often, often uh, mislooked. It's yes. not look, looked at, you know, it's really looking for this new shiny stuff outside our business. And there's a lot of opportunities within our business. So that's one opportunity kind of on a, on a bigger scale that, that I see in, in small businesses. Yes, uh, absolutely. And I think there's a couple of different places that that goes uh, from, you know, like you said, both the opportunity to sell them additional business, um, the opportunity to work potentially with other departments within a business. It, of course, depends on what kind of product or service you have, what your business model is. Uh, but you also have that ability to then ask and receive referrals, introductions, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, raving fans, as you said, you know, those uh, reviews. Uh, and for many businesses, those are very important to get those on Google My Business or Yelp or whatever, wherever that happens to be. Depends, once again, on your type of product or service in the industry. But all of those things matter. Uh, and I think that's very good, solid advice. I love it uh, for how to grow your business from within. I'm definitely going to have to check out that Acres of Diamonds. It has not come across my path before. Uh, so I'm curious when you're working with people and, uh, you know, and help, look, helping them find these opportunities that are already within their own business and that advice that you can, do you find um, areas where your clients have, oh, just a moment where they just, they're sort of pushing back or they're holding back, um, that there's some resistance that you have to, you and your team have to work through? Great question. Uh, resistance comes in many formats in a, for, a, for a small business owner. So the business owner, we've got to recognize the challenge of running a business. And the business owner is trying to wear so many hats in the course of a day. And, and, and I'm passionate about small business and helping them. And I recognize the challenges that a small business owner has. And, and it's important uh, for the small business owner to surround themselves with smart people and sometimes even smarter people. Uh, and that goes from team members, employees to advisors so that, so that they don't, you know, the business owner, they've got a lot on the plate. They don't have to be the smartest person so that they've got the team that they can rely on. And, and that's, that's providing them that guidance, that advice, that, that help. And one of the best places <clears throat> that I've seen 
a small business owner to get that guidance is really looking at their profit and loss statement on a regular basis because the, those numbers tell a story. And if it's a you know a, 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 someone who's listening to this and they're not looking at the PL statement on a regular basis, regular means monthly and not doing comparative analysis by quarter, year-to-date numbers, uh, looking at your most uh, the key performance indicators in a business, revenues, gross profit, net profit percentages, cost of sales. Uh, this is really very, very important to be doing that uh, so that the business owner can see, all right, this is what's transpired and they can make effective decisions based on real numbers, stuff that's happening in their in their business. And so uh, having a team that is producing an internal team member, what have you, that's producing these financial statements is really, really important. And then for the business owner to take time with everything else that's going on, right? There's a lot of working in it. This is working on it, right? Yeah. It's famous cliches. And this is working on it. I think every business owner needs to take time out to work on their business, look at stuff, what's working, what's not. And when we know that, when we have that intelligence, that knowledge, those insights, we can then charge forward in a, in a, in a, in a more effective way. Yeah, absolutely. Then we can pursue what we would love to have working. And those facts and figures are <laughs> invaluable to be able to reveal where you need to be uh, going or what you need to be doing. And I agree. That is one of the challenging things um, for small business owners so, and entrepreneurs. So that the, It's that working in your business versus working on your business. And that's one thing I talk about with to my own team. Uh, it's like, I need to I continually need to work on finding those pockets of time to be focused on working on my the business, not in the business. And uh, I think that is, uh, for me personally, that's one of the biggest challenges. Absolutely. I, I have incredible team members and been able to just let go and let them do what they do. And they mm. do it so well. Um, there's no ego involved because I am a very smart person because I hired very smart people who are capable and competent to, to just run with it. Right. Um, so I'm just curious on um, some of the other pieces of advice and the things that you learned um, that you would like to share with the audience. I'd love to hear like your top three pieces of what entrepreneurs uh, and small business owners could take a look at today that could help them. Um, be more profitable and uh, have a more effective uh, team or uh, their organization? Yeah, great question. I mean, the, the biggest expenses in most organizations are income taxes, labor cost, marketing expenses, right? And so it, it is profitable. It is a good investment of time to look at these three and saying, hey, hey, are we doing everything we can to optimize the ROI from, from them? So income taxes, we're doing everything we can to make sure that we're paying the least amount in income taxes. Look, so many in textiles are always changing, like always yes. changing. Are we doing everything we can to absolutely minimize the taxes? So why pay Uncle Sam any more than we have to? 
right? right? And we're making the right financial decisions, keeping taxes in the in 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 as part of the picture. So, tax planning one of the big expenses that we see every you know, in every business. We want to pay attention to that. Second is labor cost. Yeah, and you know, are we doing as a as a business? Are we doing everything we can to get the best ROI from our from our labor? So you know, culture. Is it a healthy culture? Is it fostering productivity? Do we have roles and responsibilities that's clearly laying out the expectations and bringing accountability? Are we meeting on a regular basis so that everyone's in the know? They come, you know, there's you know, open communication, there's training meetings and so forth. So we're doing things to optimize the labor, the, the, the labor component. And then there is marketing. And I've seen this so many times, time, time and time again, when we are meeting with a client and we're reviewing their financial statements and the need to track marketing, which what marketing is giving us the best ROI, which yeah. one is average and which one is not, uh, not giving us the results we want. And so when we know that, we can then make decisions, say, hey, let's channel the money we're spending on stuff that's not working for us or is not that effective for us, we're not getting the best ROI, let's, let's channel it to the ones, the, the, the avenues that are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that makes such a, such, a, such a big difference because that's what business is about. It's about innovation and it's about fine-tuning stuff. And it's, uh, it's really finding those small things in multiple places. So we don't need like a huge breakthrough idea. For most businesses, there are no breakthrough ideas. But if we do the constant and never ending improvement, Kaizen in, in, in you know, a Japanese term, yes. every day, constant and never ending improvement, yeah. tweak, a tweak here, a tweak here, a tweak here, all those things, you know, a 10% improvement leads to like I've seen 50%, 75% improvement in profit. So a business that can be doing uh, $200,000 in net profit, the bottom line goes to $400,000 or $500,000. And the business owner gets excited. It's like, all right, now we're doing <laughs> something here. And of course, that energy and that excitement and, you know, is, is, is you know, it's, it's contagious. And they're more, you know, more invested in their business. And that shows to their clients, to their, to their employees as well. Yeah. And that's so true. I mean, just looking at processes and that continuous process improvement and not being complacent, because once you make a process improvement and you have it in place and you get, it starts, it's really humming along, but then it's like, okay, well, wait, can we tweak it again? Is there some, now that we've made that move now, what's the next thing? Uh, And you're always finding ways um, when you revisit things uh, that there's now that you've gotten to this other point, cause you've moved forward, mm. your old paradigm has shifted. And now you can sort of start to see, Oh wait, but we could actually do it this way. Mm. This is even going to be better. And I find that, um, happens on a regular basis. And, uh, when we also challenge ourselves and our team, it's like, okay, well, how could we make this more effective? How could we make it easier? Do we really have to be sending these emails out? If we have a master content, like we have a master content schedule, like for podcasts like this, the entire team knows to go there and to look for things. It's like, I don't have to send an email that, oh, I recorded this podcast. Yeah, I just change it to green. They know it's done. 
Mm -hmm. It's it's actually changes to blue. It doesn't change to green till it publishes, but Mm -hmm. it changes to blue, right? Because now it's, it's in process. It's, you know, it's, it's the next step in the, you know, so we use that green light, red light sort of coding, but everyone on the team knows to go there. And in fact, for the first time, two weeks ago, I had two different team members contact me because they went, well, wait a minute, this podcast is still in the yellow and it's supposed to publish in two weeks. What's happened? Mm, mm. So it was like, we're on, so there we actually exchanged a communication, but they were like on top of it because the one was the graphic artist getting ready to do all the, the, you know, everything we do to promote the episodes. uh, And the other was the was my operations manager like, well, what the heck? Why hasn't this show been recorded? Mm-hmm. And and they both went and looked where in the cloud where they should be thinking, well, maybe it just didn't get tagged. And it was like, no, the show isn't there. What happened? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the brilliant thing. And when you have those types of processes, it does save a whole bunch of miscommunication and back and forth. Uh, but it was something that had truly gotten missed because the guests needed to reschedule and yeah, it got missed. So yeah, got yeah. that done. But you know, yeah. that's the, when you have those types of processes in place mm. and then you can look at, cause that was one of the questions I had asked a couple months ago. Do I really need to email you when the show's, pu- when the, I, I've uploaded the file files to the cloud? I mean, this is like this unnecessary step when I tagged the spreadsheet or Google sheet. Mm. It's like, well, no, we don't need that. <laughs> It's yeah, it's no really purpose. systematizing the business, Lynn, and it's you know creating a streamlined business, and it's through documented processes and procedures. And you know, we talk about profitability here. I mean, that ties right into profitability. Uh, if does. a team member spends uh, two hours on a project when it should have taken them thirty minutes because it's not streamlined, tell you what, that's cutting into the net profit of the business. And then when you do this collectively over all the team members, uh, it is, it is one of the bigger expense. It's a big number. Yeah. It's It's a a big big number. number. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. So I am curious, uh, Salim, if you were going to recommend, and I love the, the, you know, the advice you gave about the PNL, but if you were going to advise our listeners to do one thing this, this week, today, or this week, what would you advise them to do so that they could build more profit into their business? Wow, that's a heavy question. It's a loaded question. <laughs> One thing they would do, uh, I think, I mean, for most businesses, understanding their role of a CEO, being a CEO, uh, it's back to the working on it. They've got to step out. And the way to step out is to have the right team, it's to have the right set of advisors so that they can also play the role of CEO. And so so that's an important recognition that I want folks to kind of reflect on is how much of, how much are they buried in the day-to-day? Yes. And why are they so buried in the day-to-day? And is there anything they can do today, this week, to get themselves, to free themselves one to two or three or four hours in that week so that they can take a step back and they can just breathe and they can yeah. look at their business and say, hey, what's working? What's not? What are some things we want to we do this month, this quarter? 
Uh, I mean, I think that can be, you know, that can be pretty, you know, that can be a, a, a quick win for someone to do. Because I think a success is going to come when the business owner, the CEO, steps out from the day-to-day, the routine, the, the, the monot- you know, running the, the hour-to-hour business. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is wonderful, wonderful advice. Um, Celine, thank you so much for sharing how to identify new profit opportunities and ways to save money. Um, I This has been such a great episode. I know that our listeners are going to want to know more about you and where they can find you. Oh, sure. Um, my website, my firm, my firm is streettalkcpas.com. Uh, good information there uh, in terms of getting to know us. Uh, there is also a way to schedule a meeting if that's something someone wants to do, uh, schedule some time. And really the first place when, you know, when we have a meeting is to review the financial statements and really see the story. What are the financials? What, what story are the financials saying together with having a conversation about what's their, the business owner's vision? Where do they want to be three years, five years from now? That with what's transpired, uh, that can be a, a good way for someone to kind of, if, if they, you know, if they want to go in that, in that direction of reaching out. All right. That's fantastic. And we'll be sure to include all of Celine's links right down below. So he's one click away. Um, This has been such an informative discussion. Thank you so much, Celine. And thank you to everyone who tuned in. If you have any ideas that you would like to share, please leave us a comment down below. We love hearing your thoughts. And if you have a question or would like to suggest a topic for discussion, you can email us at join the conversation at petitequeen.com. And of course, to stay current on all of our insightful advice, our breakthrough advantages, and incredible episodes like the one today where you should have been taking notes, I would love to have you sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter at petitequeen.com. And once again, thank you everyone who tuned in. And Celine, thank you so much. This has been such an incredible advice, such filled with so many great pieces of information. My pleasure, Lynn. Thank you so much for inviting me.